There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, this is Friday the podcast. This is the McVeigh's last weekday before we begin our very busy schedule in the mid-November. And so we would like to ask you for prayer again, ask you the uh, if you would pray for us, just to give us strength, help our children, my wife, as we travel. And uh, we'll be back and forth to the house here the next couple of weeks, and then we head back out on the road again. And so uh, just keep us in prayer. Ask that God would strengthen my voice. Ask that God would uh, just give us grace in our travel, safety, protection. He's been faithful to us. God's been so good to us. He's been so merciful to us. And we certainly are thankful. We bless his name. We praise his name. I thank God for even calling me into the ministry. I thank God that he's even allowed us to have this podcast. And uh, some days we have 25, 30 people listen the first day. Uh, Down the road, we've had as many as close to 100 downloads. And I don't know how many people listen, but we never imagined that would be that high up. We got almost 8,000 downloads of our podcast now over the last eight months. And so we certainly thank the Lord for this opportunity. We thank the Lord for those that have filled in for us and helped us on this podcast. And I want to encourage you, if you're able to, to listen to the Dublin Mill services. They should be on their Facebook page. Uh, You can go listen to them live. And then, of course, in retrospect, you can go back and find them from earlier. But we'll be at Dublin Mills Community Church in Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania, Sunday, all day. That's in the morning service, evening service, and then Monday through Wednesday at 7 o'clock each night. And so we just would like to let you know about that. Some of you I know enjoy listening to preaching, enjoy hearing preaching, watching preaching. And so we just want to make you aware of that. And we're going to be back in Psalm 95 again. I'm trying to get off verse 1 and 2. I was a little bit stirred up yesterday in the podcast uh, because I see a generation that they go into that worldliness and go into that godlessness. And there is no power of God in that. There is no conversion in that. There is no salvation in this false ministry that's presented to men today. I meet people all over the place that go to these pop-up churches and they talk about how wonderful the pastor is and how wonderful the music is and how cool it is and how great all the friends are there. And there's so many girls and there's so many boys and man, they just, they just love it. But you meet them later on in life and they're addicted to dope and they're addicted to booze and they're divorced and remarried and children out of wedlock and their lives are absolutely destroyed by sin. And yet they'll cling to that religion. They'll cling to that false hope. And I want to tell you, my friend, hope is in Jesus Christ. Christ, and Jesus Christ is the God of the King James Bible. There is hope as long as you carry a King James Bible, read a King James Bible, but the hope comes when you believe the Word of God, and you enter into that rest, which is Jesus Christ, and he tells you to labor that you may enter into that rest. 
That rest is Jesus Christ. And it's available to everyone that will. That's whosoever will. It's available to every man that will come. That's a whosoever will may come. It's a whosoever salvation. God's made that available to men. And therefore, we make it available to men because God has made it available to men. We're not a cult. We're not a clique. We're not an elitist club. But he said that we preach this gospel, what? That ye may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That's where the fellowship is. That's where true worship is. That's where praise comes. True rejoicing comes from understanding that you're in fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. I believe praise will escape your lips when you truly come to that understanding that you're in fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So let me move off that in Psalm 95 and verse 3. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, The strength of the hills is his also. And so we know he's a great God. Of course, he's speaking of Jesus Christ. That's Jehovah God. That's Lord in verse 3. And a great king above all gods. He is king of kings and he's Lord of lords. He is the only potentate. That's why we extol him. We put him in the absolute highest place we can in our lives because he is that only potentate. The greatest ruler of all, Jesus Christ, that king of kings, Lord of lords. And in his hand are deep places of the earth. Now, Psalm 37 talks about that. And I'm just going to touch briefly on that here. But he said this in verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Verse 33, that same text says, The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Now, I I took a good look at the hand of the Lord, because we see it again a little bit later on. It talks about his hand. And I saw this in John 10, and I had to go there because it just is a great reference. It's always a wonderful reference. And in John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, he says in verse 4, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Jesus Christ is speaking here. He speaks of that good shepherd. In verse 14, I am the good shepherd. And he said, and know my sheep and known of mine. Jesus Christ said in verse 27 of John 10, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me and I give them unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones to stone him. And so again, there's messages in the hand of God. And you can see that as a, if anybody's a God-called preacher, listen, when you look at the term, my hand or his hand in the word of God or his hands in the word of God or even his handiwork in the word of God. And you'll see that reference almost 500 times. And oftentimes it's personal. It's somebody else's hands. It's made by my hands. Abraham spoke of my hands and others spoke of my hands. But yet when you see the word of God speaking of the hands of God, those same hands which will wound us will bind us up and make us whole. Those same hands that will judge us 
of the same hands that he extends. When you see Jesus Christ in the New Testament, and I don't have time to get into that, it'll be probably two more messages on the podcast. But he reached out his hands and he touched the eyes of the blind men. He reached out his hand and he touched the leper. He extended his hand unto his mother and his brother and said, Woman, behold thy son. And he reached out his hands and he touched those that are sick and afflicted. Why? Because there's power in the hands of God. We know that Jesus Christ is that right arm of God. But in that hand of God, there's safety. That hand of God, there's shelter. That hand of God, there's healing. And so he speaks of the hand of God. He said, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. Why? Because that's what God's hand is. God's hand is a deep place. And the deep places of the earth are in his hand. You and I are in his hand. When we're in deep troubles, we're in the hand of God. We're in deep darkness, we're still in the hand of God. When it seems like we're about to be overthrown in calamity, we're still in God's hand. I'll move down just a bit and come back here later. But in verse 7, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Thank God we're the sheep of his hand. That's what Jesus Christ is speaking of in John chapter 10 when he said, I and my father are one. He is the good shepherd. We are sheep in his hand. And my friend, if we will heed his voice and will hear the voice of God, God will guide us skillfully by his hand. And God will lead us in paths of righteousness by his hand. God will lead us beside the still waters by his hand. He'll restore our soul by his hand. And my friend, all those green pastures are available if we'll follow the shepherd. As he leads by his head, that's where rest is, by the way. Rest is beside the still waters. Rest is in the pastures of the high mountains of God. Rest is in that cool refreshment that only God can give. That's where you enter into that rest. That's that rest that only Jesus Christ can give. And what a wonderful thing that is. I know some have recently been saved in and around our ministry. And we've listened to them speak of that rest and listen to them rejoice of that rest. What a difference it makes to have that rest, to know Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection, to be able to rest in Christ. What a victory that is. What a wonderment that is. What a joy that is to have the rest of God through Jesus Christ upon your life. And oh, my friend, that's a whosoever will. And my friend, if you want that rest, he'll make it available to you. If you truly need that rest, he'll make it available to you. But you got to realize you need it. And then more than that, you got to realize that you must want it. And you have to want that rest. And if you want that rest, it's available. But you got to come through Jesus Christ because he is the door. He is the good shepherd. You'll come in and out by him and find pasture. But you'll not find pasture by anyone else. But you must come through Jesus Christ. Going back in our text in verse 5, the sea is his, and he made it, who? Jesus Christ. And his hands formed the dry land. All things were made by him and for him. And so we know that according to the word of God, that's Jesus Christ, the creator. His hands formed the dry land in verse 5. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Right there is one of the great keys to worship. And I realize we're in a day when, listen, most of America is obese, myself included, overweight. My friend, there was a time I was so overweight, I did damage to my knees and damage to my legs. 
It hurts to kneel. It hurts to be prostrate. It hurts to be down. It hurts more to get up. But one of the great positions of worship has always been kneeling, my friend. And if you're physically able, if you're able to kneel before him and to worship him, it's not in the position of your body. It's in the position of your heart. But I've learned if you can get bodily in that position to bow down, the psalmist, I believe, is talking about bodily here because he said, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And it's uh, traditionally and humbly, it's always been a position of prayer. Traditionally, is kneeling. And I realize just many listening may not be able to kneel. But what you do is you sit and you humble your heart. And you kneel before him in your heart. And you worship him. It's a position of humility. It's a position of adoration. It's a position to show that he is the only potentate. And when you bow your heart before him and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and you worship him and you adore him and you learn to love him in that position, you learn to find more about him in that position. You learn to find more about Jesus Christ when you're at his feet in that position of worship. And what a privilege that is for the saint of God. No wonder there's rest in Christ. In that place, there's rest. At his feet, there is rest. And, 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 he, and underneath of his hand, as he rests his hand upon you, as you worship, there's rest, there's safety, there's shelter. He is the rock of our salvation. Let us make a joyful noise unto him. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. And then he goes on, he says, Today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart, as in the day of provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, and to whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Who did the provoking? Well, according to Deuteronomy chapter 32, we see in verse 16, the children of Israel are the ones that provoked God. That's why it was a day of provocation. He said in verse 16, they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods and abominations. Provoked they him to anger. Then we see in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 21, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. And so the day of provocation is when the children of Israel provoked a holy God with their gods and with their vanities and their imaginations and their abominations and their wickedness. They provoked the Most High God. And he said, in that day of provocation, he said, the day of temptation in the wilderness and that's what the Apostle Paul was speaking of in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 7. He spoke of those days that they should not enter into his rest. They could not enter into his rest. They would not enter into his rest. Why? Because they tempted God. They provoked the most high God. They would not submit themselves to a holy God. Psalm 78 and verse 42, the word of God tells us this. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. In verse 41, right before that, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they limit the Holy One of Israel? Well, again, the Apostle Paul told us in Hebrews chapter 3. He explains how they limited God, how they did resist God, how they would not, and I'm going to use this word ahead of time, they would not believe God. 
Hebrews 3 and verse 8, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their hearts. They have not known my way, so I swear my wrath. They shall not enter into my rest. Then the apostle tells us, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So he tells us they limited God by their unbelief. They provoked God with their unbelief. Their abominations were proof of their unbelief. Their idols were evidence of their unbelief. They would not enter into his rest. Now, my friend, if you don't believe, you'll not enter his rest. If you don't believe the Most High God, you'll not enter into his rest. That's what the Apostle Paul said on this wise. Verse 12, to take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So he says, an evil heart of unbelief. Well, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 95, he said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So what does God do? He searches the hearts. So God searches the hearts, And then God tries man by the things he finds in the heart, and he finds whether or not they're according to the ways of God. And so in verse 11, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Why can't they enter into God's rest? He said it's because of their unbelief. He said in verse 15 of Hebrews 3, whilst it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. And my friend, the Apostle Paul references this psalm, that entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 3. I would exhort you to take this Psalm 95, Hebrews chapter 3, run a parallel, and you'll see this is the reference the Apostle Paul is speaking of. Who is it they don't believe in? The rock of their salvation. Who is it they don't trust? The rock of their salvation. Why don't they trust? Because they don't believe the rock of their salvation. Why do they have abominations? Because they don't believe. Why do they have idols? Because they don't believe. They err in their hearts. So God is searching the hearts, trying the reins to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings, yet men still will not return to the Most High God. This is our study on Psalm 95. Pray for us as we begin revival on Sunday at Dublin Mills. Have a great weekend. Have a great Lord's Day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, 
which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. There only was tried. Now the angels of God are rejoicing. For the prodigal child has come home. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glory. Song of the redeemed, song of the